0: Good morning. Today's scripture reading is from Psalm chapter 27, verses 1 through 14. You can follow along on page 6 of your bulletins if you'd like. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. O you who have been my help, cast me not off, forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me and they breathe out violence. I believe that I, will, I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord.
1: Who is God? That's the question that we've been raising over the last several weeks in this series by that same title, Who is God? We've been studying the different attributes, characteristics, and parts of the nature of God because we really can't take it for granted, can we, that we know who the God of the Christian Bible truly is. And so we've looked at the knowability of God, he can be known, the omniscience of God, he knows all things. The omnipresence of God. God is everywhere. The sovereignty of God. He reigns and rules over all things. And today we are looking at the beauty of God. And delivering this message, we have a special guest whom you are getting to know uh, as uh, we have had him preach here before just last spring. This is Andrew Russell, who is a pastoral fellow at Grace Downtown, our sibling congregation. And Andrew is here. A uh, wonderful blessing to have you here with us again, brother. Uh, just a little personal factoid on Andrew. He is also a musician, uh, has recorded some music, writes and composes. And so a gifted, uh, multi-gifted individual. And in that respect, I would say uh, a perfect person. To talk about the aesthetic, divine, beautiful nature of God. So, for this brother to preach not only out of his mind and experience, out of the Word of God, but also out of his heart and soul as an artist himself. What a joy, what a blessing, a unique blessing to have you bring this word to us today. So, let's all together welcome Andrew as he comes and brings the word.
2: I feel like I got to sing. The Lord is good. All right, what what did we say? Praise the Lord, saints. Is that what it is? Praise the Lord, saints. Thank you, brother. Thank you. It is my pleasure to be here. Let's pray and let's get into it. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, uh, that you have brought us to this place. Father, show us your beauty. Help us to see you. In all of your fullness, in Jesus' holy name, I pray. Amen. So today we're going to talk about beauty. What is God's beauty? And when I think about beauty, I think about my wife. Um, you know, before I met Stephanie, I was a wretch. Uh, has any anyone of you seen Lord of the Rings? I was Sméagol before I met Stephanie. Anyone seen Beauty and the Beast? I was the Beast. But when I met Stephanie, when I saw who she, she, who she is, the beauty of her character, the fact that, you know, I met her at New City Fellowship in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and I saw this lady, you know, I worked at the church and I had to be at the prayer meetings. And the prayer meetings, usually, you were 70 years old and up. Those were the only people at the prayer meetings. And then Stephanie. So I saw this young lady and I'm like, wow. Why, why is she hanging around with all these old people? And then I saw her bring kids from the community, and I saw her heart for the Lord. And I had a friend of mine, uh, you know, her her name is Joanna, and I was like, Joanna, tell me about Stephanie. And Joanna said, Andrew, she's too good for you. And I was like, what? She's too good for me? I definitely wanted to get to know her. It was something about Stephanie. It was the beauty of her character, the beauty of her presence. I desired. I, I wanted to get to know her. And so when we think about the beauty of God, we, we're talking about something that's visceral, something that's, that, that meets our longings, uh, uh, the, the desires of our hearts. We cannot fully see God if we don't see him as beautiful. A lot of times we look at religion as useful, as, as, as you, we have a utilitarian take on religion. What can God do for me? And yet David, in the midst of intense Uh, enemies and armies he said Lord show me your beauty and so today we're going to look at what is God's beauty who is this beautiful God you know we were created for beauty back in Genesis 1 and 2 we saw this that after God created the sun the moon the stars and, and all the universe he created man on the sixth day man was the climax of his creation man and woman When God created man and woman, he said, behold, it is good. And so we were created, the Bible says, after his image and likeness. We were created to reflect the beauty of God. When I think about beauty, I think about singing. You know, I've been singing my whole life. I've taken voice lessons. I've written over 200 songs. I've been in choirs. I've sung all over the world. I've I've recorded an album. I've, I've sang with some of the world's top talent and musicians. But all of that does not make me a beautiful singer. To me, in my estimation, what makes a beautiful singer is when you have a singer who marries the technique, the control, uh, the the experience with their heart and their soul. You know, Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan is a a famous songwriter. He said, uh, he was talking about Sam Cooke. And you know, Sam Cooke is a, a famous 70s soul singer. And Bob Dylan said this about Sam Cooke. Someone said that Sam Cooke had a beautiful voice, and this is what he said. Sam Cooke said, well, that's very kind of you, but voices are not to be measured by how pretty they are. Instead, they matter only if they convince you that they are telling the truth. Think about that the next time you're listening to a singer. And so when you, when, you, when you hear a beautiful voice, it could be Whitney Houston, or it could be Sam Cooke, or it could be Justin Timberlake, or my favorite, John Legend. It is amazing how when these artists marry the words of their song to the, to, the, to the heart and soul of their life. That's why All of Me Loves All of You is one of my favorite songs, because John Legend wrote that for his wife. And so when we think about the beauty of God, we're talking about the sum total of God's being, his, his character, his nature, all of the attributes of God, his, his actions, his presence. God's beauty reveals the truth of his perfections. Yet even though God is beautiful, when we think about the beauty, I want to establish the fact that we're talking about the full, the full totality of God's being and the fullest expression is his presence. But when we think about that, a lot of times for us, it is hard to see that God is beautiful because there is something in the way of beauty. And so today I want to talk about three things. One, what is in the way of beauty? What is beauty? And how can we get to see God's beauty? Let's look at it in Psalm 27. You know, the context really quickly is basically uh, a lot of commentaries think that David was either running from King Saul and King Saul wanted to to kill him because King Saul was jealous. There was a hymn written about David that Saul had killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. And so the throne was coming to David and God said, because Saul wasn't a man after my own heart, I'm going to take the kingdom away from him. And so Saul didn't like David and 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 he chased David. In fact, he tried to kill David and so it could be that, and other commentaries think that maybe this was when David's son, Absalom, sought to take his dad's throne. So either the case, David is under intense pressure. He's running away from enemies. He's in, a, he's in the pit of despair, and he longs to see beauty. So let's look at it. Psalm, one, Psalm 27, verse 1, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Now, remember, I want to talk about what is in the way a beauty. If, if God is a light, that means that the psalmist is in darkness. Darkness is in the way of the psalmist seeing who God really is. And so he says, Lord, the Lord is my light and my salvation. There is something oppressive about the darkness. John writes about Jesus and he says, the light shines in the darkness in John 1, 5, and the darkness has not overcome it. You see, there is this insidious nature about darkness darkness invades it oppresses it overcomes darkness overpowers its victims and leaves them in a state of blindness John 3:19 says and this is the judgment that light has come into the world but that we love the darkness rather than light and so we hide in the darkness the dark there's something seductive about the darkness we can indulge in whatever our fantasies are because the darkness hides our guilt and our shame. We can do whatever we want and don't get caught. We can satisfy our deepest longings. You see, the darkness does not like the light. And so when the, when the psalmist says that the Lord is my light, he is saying that the Lord exposes the darkness. The Lord scatters the darkness. The Lord exposes me for, for who I really am. The Lord lets you see the enemies that are surrounding you. And so, as as God is the light, he's helping us to navigate through these lethal obstacles. The Lord is also my salvation, he says. The Lord rescues us and delivers us from darkness. And we know this in the book of Exodus. The song of Moses in Exodus 15, too, he says, the Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation because he has triumphed. Gloriously, the horse and the rider he is thrown into the sea. And so, to know who God is, is to know that he is a light, that he is salvation, and that he is also a stronghold. Because remember, the darkness is trying to overcome, the darkness is trying to block you from seeing who God truly is. And he is also a, a refuge. Literally, God is a fortress, he's a well guarded house, impenetrable to enemies. Colossians 1.13 says, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son. And so when we, when we talk about light and darkness, there is, no, uh, uh, there is no mixed response. We either love the light and hate the darkness or love the darkness and hate the light. And so when it comes to the talk of the beauty, we either see God as full of beauty and glory or we see him as ugly and oppressive. You know the famous pop singer Kesha? Anybody know who Kesha is? So Kesha was our, uh, she wrote, I think she recently wrote a song on prayer. And so she was asked to describe what is she talking about? What is this prayer? Who, is, who do you think God is? And this is a direct quote from Kesha. She says, for me, God is not a bearded man sitting in the clouds, or a judgmental homophobic tyrant waiting to send everyone to eternal damnation, God is nature and space and energy and the universe. My own interpretation of spirituality isn't important because we all have our own. What matters is that I have something greater than me as an individual that helps and brings me peace. You see, we all have our views of God. For some of us, we don't like a, a judgmental God. We, we want a God who accepts everyone, no matter how, whatever you've done. And yes, God does accept everyone. But God also is a judge. His standard is perfection. God says, be ye holy as I am holy. And he knows that we, we cannot reach this, this standard of, of perfection. And so that's why he sent us help through Jesus Christ. You see, we all miss the mark. We all are lacking, no one has the right and authority to judge anyone's moral standing other than God. The psalmist writes, who shall ascend the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy place? He who has a clean hand and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false. Do you have clean hands and a pure heart this morning? I know that without God's salvation, my brothers and sisters, that I don't have it. I don't have a clean hand and pure heart. I don't seek God for his beauty. But this is where God's beauty comes in. God's beauty transforms us. God is so beautiful in his love, in his mercy, in his power, and his kindness that he cannot stand to see us in this hopeless state without making those he loves just like him. You see, true beauty makes everything Beautiful. True beauty calls us out of darkness and, cap- and captivates our hearts and restores our humanity. We're all searching for beauty. We're all longing for beauty. And yet, because of the darkness, it is hard for us to see. Because of our own sense of pride and our own sense of uh, uh, following our own desires, we fail to see the beauty of God. You see, true beauty wishes to be known, it, it comes out of anonymity, it is a light, it is salvation, and it is a fortress. So what is beauty? Well, in my estimation, beauty is the ultimate expression of everything that is good and desirable. It is God revealing himself to us in all of his fullness. God's beauty emanates from everything that he is. You know, when the psalmist was, in the, was surrounded by enemies, he says, though an army should encamp against me, my adversaries and my foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though war may rise against me, yet I will be confident. And it was because he's, he knew that if he sought the beauty of God, that it, it, he, he didn't seek God for the answers. You know, a lot of times when we, when we lit, walk the Christian life, we're like, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm in trouble, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm in some serious uh, uh, struggles, Lord, help me in this, help me in that. And yet David, all he wanted, the one thing that he desired was to see God's beauty. You know, some of us are living in darkness and, and, and yet you want to be delivered out of it and, and God wants to deliver you. But the one thing that is more beautiful than anything is to see God's presence in the midst of darkness. To see God's presence in the midst of the pain. And that's what David is searching for. He's seeking God's presence. He's seeking the beauty of who God is. You see, when we talk about beauty, we're talking about God's words, his actions, his presence. The Bible says that, in the very beginning, that he spoke life. When God spoke, life came into existence. And so all God's words are beautiful. When he speaks, he gives beauty form and shape and structure. God's actions are the visible manifestation of his beauty. Everything that God does is beautiful. Psalm 19:1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the earth displays the work of his hands. Romans 11.33, oh, the depths and the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God. And finally, his presence is the ultimate expression of his beauty. To be in the presence of God is to be in the presence of the most beautiful being in all of the universe. To be in the presence of God is the goal of all worship. To be in the presence of of God is the goal of all happiness To be in the presence of God is the goal of all preaching. This is why we were created. We were created to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Now, how do we get to be in God's presence? How do we get to see this beauty? Well, you know, many of us, we we like to ask questions of God, but we don't seek him. You know, many of us would say, God, why do bad things happen to good people? Why is there suffering? Why is there evil? Lord, why did Donald Trump win the presidency? You know, you might have a lot of questions. But do you seek not only who God is and what he can answer, but do you seek him for who he is? You see, religion we see religion as a mental exercise in order for us to gain our own sense of divinity what i mean is we want to ask the quest ask questions and answer them we don't want to seek god and his answers our problem isn't is, uh, the, the problem that david has isn't that he lacked understanding his problem is that he needed god's presence you see if i'm in a marriage relationship and i and i come home and i work and, I, you know, my wife is a stay-at-home mother. I can provide. I can say, baby, I worked. You know, here's my check. You know, she takes it. I can say, okay, I'll clean the dishes. I, I can say I'll take, the, I'll put the kids to bed. I can do all these things. But if I don't seek my wife's presence, if I don't like Jill, Jill Scott, you know the song by Jill Scott? Let's take a long walk around the park after dark. If I don't seek the presence of my lover, what good is me working? what good is me uh, uh, doing all of these things without seeking my lover? And so when we when we talk about David and him saying one thing that I ask and that will I seek, many a times we have to remove beyond, we have to go beyond our asking and we have to go towards seeking because it is in seeking the face of God that we truly see his beauty. David, wanted to see the face of God. He was surrounded by numerous enemies who sought to devour him. He didn't cry out for God to help him understand his situation. He knew he needed to ask and seek God's beauty. He needed to know that God's presence was with him when his enemies encamped around him. When there were weapons and legions and dead bodies strewn everywhere, he only desired one thing, and that was God's beauty. He needed to see the beauty of God's goodness, his power. And it's like, remember, let's look at the end. He says, I would have lost hope. We see it at, uh, what is it, verse, um, uh, I would have lost hope unless I'd seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. What verse is that? It's, it's somebody help me out. You got your Bible or your, your bulletin open? I would have lost hope unless I've seen the goodness of Verse 13, amen, I said, I believe that I shall, shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And so David needed to see the beauty of God's goodness. He needed to see the beauty of God's light. Uh, Father Gabriel Amorth, who was a Catholic priest, he recently died at the age of 91, and he was famous for, for performing uh, over 50,000 exorcisms, which is casting out demons out of people. And he said, if there is one sure way to remove us from the devil's influence, it is by letting ourselves be attracted by the goodness and beauty that emanate from the good and from our God and Father. You see, the darkness that you and I face, the spiritual warfare that we find ourselves in can only be remedied by four words. Show us your beauty. You know, Jesus Christ is the visible representation of God. The Bible says when Jesus, said uh, back in, in, in the New Testament, when uh, the crowd came towards Jesus and the disciples said, show us the Father, show us the Father. And Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. In Colossians, it talks about in him, and in, in Jesus Christ, the fullness of the Godhead dwells. And so when we, when we seek the face of God, God shows us his son. He says, if you want to see me, see Jesus. And when Jesus died on the cross for our sins and took upon uh, himself our guilt, our shame and punishment, he showed us what beauty really is. When Jesus was spit upon and beaten and bruised and hung like a thief on a tree, he showed us his beauty. When he rose from the grave after three days and walked among his disciples in triumph, he showed us his beauty. You see... The psalmist says, Lord, I will seek your face, seek your face, don't hide your face from me, because in the Old Testament, they, they, they uh, they couldn't fully see God. They had to have sacrifices, they had to go into the tabernacle, they had to go through the Holy of Holies, and only the priests could. And so there was barriers for the people of God to see God. And so uh, David, he is saying, God, I'm in the midst of trouble. I want to see you. He goes into the tabernacle. He says, I want to seek your face and inquire in your temple. But the beauty of the gospel is this. No longer do we have to go inside the tabernacle. No longer do we have to go through the veil because Christ has torn the veil. In fact, instead of you saying, okay, come to me, Christ comes to you. Christ meets you in your darkness. Christ meets you when your enemies have a against you. He meets you when it is so dark that you can't even see the beauty because he shows his light. That is the beauty of the gospel. The beauty of the gospel isn't so much that you come to God, but that he comes to you. And he shows you that he is beautiful. He shows you that he is the one thing that you should desire. He shows you he is the, the, the one joy above all joys. The one love above all loves. Because it is in gazing upon the beauty of the Lord that I and we become beautiful. When I looked at my wife before I met her, when, when we were dating, I saw this woman and I saw, wow, she reflects the beauty of God. She reflects the beauty of the God in the way she, she cares for her neighbors in the community. She reflects the beauty of God in the way that she hears my broken story and says, Andrew, I still love you. She she reflects the the beauty of God when we had our fourth child, and she had two home births. And I saw this woman birth a human being in our bedroom twice after a C-section. Tell me that ain't beautiful. She reflects the beauty of God. And so when I see my wife, I see a woman who has gone uh, gone through hell and back. I see a woman who has birthed two kids. I see a woman who's had a C-section. I see a woman who is an amazing, patiently loving, long-suffering. And if my wife can reflect that, if I go to the source of that, if I I go to the source of that love, I'm like, baby, where do you get this patience from? And she says, look to Jesus. I said, Stephanie, uh, how do you get the strength to birth two children after C-section? She tells me, look to Jesus. I said, baby, where do you get the strength when I've messed up over and over again? When I failed to love you as, as a husband should love a wife. And yet you still love me. You still put your arms around me. You still say, baby. She says, look to Jesus. That's where I get the strength from. And so it is in us seeking the face of Jesus that when we reflect the beauty of God, we can go anywhere, in any community, and any situation, no matter how dark it is, and he will be our light, he will be our salvation, he will be our stronghold, because it is in seeking God's beauty that we become more beautiful. Many of us are struggling with our own sense of beauty. Many of us, you know, as I was researching beauty, I couldn't, I was just in tears of the the whitening creams that are in all of Africa and and the Caribbean. I was in tears of seeing uh, women in South Korea want to have plastic surgery to make themselves look beautiful. I was in tears. Because we were created to reflect God's beauty. You are black and beautiful. You are Asian and beautiful. You are white and beautiful. You are Hispanic and beautiful because you have been created in the image of God himself. And so when we seek God, we seek his face, we seek Jesus Christ because the Bible says that he is the visible manifestation of the invisible God. And so if you want to seek God this morning, I know no other person other than Jesus Christ. I've seen what he's done in my marriage. I've seen what he's done in my home. I've seen what he's done as I seek him. And, 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 I, and I implore you today, is it that one thing? What, out of all of your desires, do you have one desire above all desires? Do you desire not only to ask God questions, Lord, why does this happen or why do these bad things happen? But do you want to seek not only the one who gives the answers, but do you want to seek the one who is the answer? God is the most beautiful being, friends, in all of the, uh, the universe, and he shows forth his beautiful son who died on the cross, who transforms what was ugly into beautiful. And so a lot of people have crosses hanging on because it shows the beauty of God. It shows the beauty of Christ's forgiveness, that no matter how dark the situation, no matter how many enemies have been camped against you, that the Lord will be a light, that the Lord will be salvation, and that the Lord is a fortress if we run to him. Let's pray. The Heavenly Father, we come and we ask that you would show us your beauty. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would be a light in the midst of our darkness. That you would be salvation in the midst of our slavery. That you would be a stronghold, Father, when it seems like the, the world and, and everything is attacking us. Father, show us your beauty. Father, we, some of us, all we know is darkness, Lord. All we know is despair. Father, I pray that you would expose each and every one of us and that you would run to us and that we would know you, Father, by your pursuit of us. Father, I pray that you would pursue your people this morning. Show them your beauty. Show them your glory. And, Father, may we all become more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.
1: It's all standing.